here for various reasons. I know for, for many people, um, this has been a really hard Christmas season. And so if your Christmas has been really hard and difficult, um, I pray that, that the Lord would meet you today with encouragement, with hope, um, uh, from his word, at getting a glimpse of, of his heart. Um, today we're going to continue... Uh, the theme of humility uh, from the life of Jesus. Brian last week did an excellent job in preaching Luke chapter 2, and he gave us some good historical background, and he, he uh, highlighted the, the, the humility of Christ. We see Christ came, and he was born in humble circumstances. Um, and, and so we see during this time the humility of Christ in the incarnation of Jesus coming to earth. And so Philippians chapter 2 I thought would be a fitting passage for us as we focus in on the way of Jesus, the heart of Jesus and the way of Jesus, the way that he calls his people to walk and following him. Okay? And he is marked by humility. Let us pray before we dig in. Father, I thank you that you've given us these powerful words, and we need them. Show us your ways. Lead us into your paths. Break the strongholds of arrogance and pride in our lives. And may we behold and cherish the humility of Christ, and may we take it on ourselves in our own lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Alright, Philippians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. So we're going to look at this text from uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Uh, but I'm going to highlight specifically uh, the humility of Christ and what, what humility is. In this passage, we, we get a glimpse of what humili- humili- humility is and why we as Christians should value And pursue it. And then at the end of the message, I'm going to give a couple practical ways that we can walk out and grow in being humble people. Okay. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1 in the ESV. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which was which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, 
and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. What a beautiful, powerful passage of Scripture. Many theologians believe that this was a, a hymn that the early church sang. It's, it's powerful, it's poetic, and the emphasis is Jesus. The coming of Jesus, the humility of Jesus, and the exaltation of Jesus. So our big idea this morning is that Jesus exemplified humility, and he calls his followers to imitate his humble attitude and actions for the sake of cultivating relational harmony and honor to his name. Jesus exemplified humility and he calls his followers to imitate his humble attitude and actions for the sake of cultivating relational harmony and honor to his name. Now let's start this morning describing and defining what is humility. As as uh, Brian mentioned last week, humility was not a virtue that was honored in the ancient world. And even in our culture, uh, it's not something that's, that's uh, honored for the most part. It's, it's, more, it's more about you've got you to uh, you fight your way through. You've got to climb your way up the ladder. It's about you. It's about your self-esteem. Okay? Uh, you focus on you. And so humility, the way of Jesus, is countercultural. To the way of this world. It's countercultural to the kingdoms of this world where kings try to overtake territory and people and nations by sheer power. But the way of Jesus is different. The way of Jesus is one of humility, one of love, one of grace. And so let's look at what this, this is in the first place. The Greek word means. Uh, Having a humble opinion of oneself, a deep sense of one's moral littleness, modesty, humility, lowliness of mind, synonym. Richard Baxter's, Baxter in his book, The Reformed Pastor, says, Humility is not merely an ornament of a Christian, but an essential part of the new creature. Andrew Murray, in his book, Humility, says, Humility is simply the disposition which prepares the soul for living on trust. John Stott says, Humility is honesty, acknowledging the truth about ourselves, at, that as creatures we depend on our Creator's power, and as sinners on our Savior's grace. Charles Spurgeon says, Humility is to make a right estimate of one's Again, Andrew Murray in his small book, uh, Humility, says, Humility is perfect quietness of heart. It is to expect nothing, to wonder at nothing that is done to me, to feel nothing done against me. It is to be at rest when nobody praises me, when I am blamed or despised. It is to have a blessed home in the Lord where I can go in and shut the door and kneel to my Father in secret and am at peace. As in a deep sea of calmness, when all around me and above is trouble. The last quote here from Spurgeon, he says, It is not humility to underrate yourself. Humility is to think of yourself as God thinks of you. It is to feel that if we have talents, God has given them to us. And let it be seen that, like a freight in a vessel... They tend to sink us low 
the more we have, the lower we ought to lie. Isn't this good? So Tim Keller in his book, The The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, he talks about the human ego. And and, uh, uh, watching from uh, Paul's words in 1 Corinthians, where Paul's addressing the pride in the Corinthian church, he describes them as being a people who are puffed up with knowledge. They were very gifted, and they had lots of knowledge. They knew stuff, and they had gifts, spiritual gifts. And Paul had to bring them back to the way of humility. Paul had to bring them back to the way of love. And and, 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 and the way that he describes uh, that human ego, that pride, is, is, uh, is, is this kind of this puffed up, kind of like a balloon that's inflated. Okay? Our human ego uh, it inflates. Or it gets deflated, right? And if it gets deflated, it means that it was inflated at one point, right? Um, and it's fragile, he says. It's fragile, it's inflated. Um, and so, so humility teaches us, humility teaches us to see ourselves accurately and rightly as God sees us. Not to think of ourselves more highly as we ought to, as Paul says. Okay? Not to inflate ourselves and our view of ourselves okay and so after looking at what humility is let's also look at why we should value and pursue humility because in this text we see what humility is and we see the why humility is what jesus did and becoming a servant and in stepping down into this world taking on flesh born uh, in, in humble circumstances and living in poverty. He became poor for your sakes, that through his poverty you might become rich. That's humility. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's humility. We see humility in the incarnation of Jesus. And in this exhortation that Paul gives to the Philippian church, he doesn't just say, Stop being prideful. Stop being narcissistic. Stop being arrogant. He didn't just say stop it. Okay? Parents, you know that in trying to raise your children and teach your children, it's not enough to just say stop it. Don't do it. Right? Now, we think it should be enough. Right? We, we, we want it to be enough, but we need to explain to our children why They should not be selfish and how they should not be selfish. And thankfully, the Bible doesn't just say stop it. It gives us some powerful reasons for why. Why we should follow the way of Jesus. And there's lots of them. There's there's powerful reasons. And the very first one that we see in this text is namely that Jesus exemplified humility. The king of kings, the king of glory, laid aside the privileges that he possessed as the eternal son of God in heaven. He was still fully God, and then he became man. And he took on flesh, and he set aside his privileges so that he can come and wash feet. He came to serve and not be served. That's humility. He came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10, 35 tells us. And Paul roots his exhortation 
for, for, the, for the Philippians to live humble lives in the life of Jesus, in the character of Jesus, in the, the attitude and the actions of Jesus himself. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. So let that sink in for a second. The king became a servant. We see his heart of humility in this. He came to serve and not be served. Now, it's typical. It's typical in our culture. Uh, you're, you're, you're considered great if you have people serving you. But Jesus' kingdom is different. If He says, if you want to be great, you've got to serve others. Okay? That's greatness. To have that mentality. And his followers have had that mentality. And this wasn't something that was valued in the ancient world. And in our culture, this is not something that's valued. Being a servant. Okay? Uh, so Jesus exemplified that humility. Uh, Dane Ortland in his book Gentle and Lowly says this. That if we were asked to say one thing about who Jesus is, we would be honoring Jesus' own teaching if our answer is gentle and lowly. If Jesus hosted his own personal website, the most prominent line of the About Me drop-down would read, Gentle and Lowly. It's taken from his book, Gentle and Lowly. So Jesus says, come to me and learn from me. I'm lowly. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. That's humility. Okay? Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And it, it baffled Peter. It baffled the, the disciples that Jesus would do one of the lowest tasks in John chapter 13. And he would wash his disciples' feet. And he did it as an example for his followers to, to walk in. If I, he says, if I, your master and teacher, have washed your feet, so you ought to do this for one another. And this is the Christian mindset. This is the Christian way. This is the way of Jesus it's the path of humility. Um, let me read here from uh, C.S. Lewis in his Mere Christianity, speaking about this. He said, Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who, who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably... All of you, probably all of you will think about him. All you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. If anyone would like to acquire humility, I can, I think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud. And the biggest step, too. At least nothing whatever can be done before it. If you think you are not conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed. 
Uh, C.S. Lewis has a, has a sharp quote there to confront us with the reality that by nature we tend towards conceit, pride, and arrogance. And in our day, narcissism and, and arrogance is a huge issue that is destroying relationships and destroying society. It's, it's pride and arrogance that led Lucifer to fall from heaven. Okay? And, and, and those who live under the kingdom of darkness live lives of pride and arrogance and self-dependence. Independence from God. Okay? Pride says, I don't need you. I got this. Humility says, can you help me? Pride says, I know. I know. Humility says, can you show me? Can you teach me? Okay? And Jesus says, come to me and learn. I'm lowly and I'm gentle. It's interesting. Jesus, in talking about this, he says, even if you want to get into the kingdom of God, if you want to experience the kingdom of God, you want to roll with the king of kings, you want to be in the posse forever, then you got to become like a, as humble as a child. you got to humble yourself like a little child to enter the kingdom of God. Okay? you got, you got to receive humbly what's being offered to you. Because pride says, no, I can't take that. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But humility says, thank you. You see, children are some of the best gift receivers. Because there's a childlike humility that comes, uh, that, that they, they tend to possess there. But as we get older and we start to become more independent, I can do it myself. We're like, no, no, I, got, I, don't, I can't receive that from you. See, God says he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. And in and, and, and becoming a Christian, we have to humble ourselves and receive that grace that's freely being offered. Grace that we didn't pay for. Grace that we didn't earn or merit. Grace that we don't deserve. It's humbling. It's humbling when we get showered with good gifts that we didn't earn or deserve. And we bring very little to the table. It's humbling. But God says, come. I have a place for you. I have grace for you. So Jesus exemplified humility. And then God commands us to walk in humility. Jesus displayed it, and God demands it of us. Throughout the Old Testament, God says, uh, uh, um, Micah 6.8, to walk humbly with do justice, love mercy, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. This is what God requires of you. Okay? Uh, kings and leaders throughout history who didn't humble themselves before God, they experienced some terrible things. Because they, they got proud and haughty when they got raised up. Okay? And, 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 and God brought them down. God tends to bring the proud and the haughty down. And what we see at the incarnation, we see this humble, lowly Mary exalting God's ways. He lists the lowly and he brings the proud down and sends the rich and the self-sufficient away empty. But he lifts the, the lowly. He feeds the hungry. And she's just celebrating that because she gets to be the, a recipient of the grace at the incarnation of Jesus. And you and I get to be recipients of that grace. 
And it should humble us. God's grace, as I said a couple weeks ago when I preached on it, should humble the best of saints to give hope to the worst of sinners. So God commands us to live humbly. Uh, right here in this passage, Philippians 2.3, I, I like how the New Living and the, um, the, the message uh, describe this passage. It says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Eugene Peterson in the message says, don't push your way to the front, don't sweet talk your way to the top, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. This is humility. This is the, the way that God calls us to walk in. Okay? The other reason that uh, we should pursue humility and value humility is that relationships work better with it. Relationships work so much better when you humble yourself and you cultivate humility. You clothe yourself with humility. You see, in this passage, Paul is exhorting the Philippian church to walk in unity for the gospel's sake. To work together, side by side, strive together for the faith of the gospel so that Jesus' name would be honored. So that the gospel would continue to be advanced. Okay? But pride within our lives, it brings, um, it, it dampens and destroys and diminishes relationships. Pride offends people. And, and, and because of our pride, we get offended. Right? And so Paul says, look, look at the beginning of chapter 2. He says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord in one mind. And then right after that, he goes into, be humble. Don't just think about yourself. And the reason he does that is because he knows that if this is going to happen, if, they're gonna, if there's going to be unity, and there's going to be harmony, and there's going to be this living out the one another's, living out the gospel and committed community together, then we need to take on the mindset of Jesus. We need to think like Jesus did, having the mindset of a servant. And coming in to the community with, how can I serve rather than... What's in it for me? That was the, that, this is the way of Jesus. This is the way of humility. Relationships work so much better with humility. Um, husbands and wives, is this not true? Uh, husbands, do we not have to humble ourselves when we are trying to prove a point and we're just convinced we're right? And then we realize we're not right. We're confronted with the, the, the thing that seldom happens. No, it happens more, more than we would like, actually. We're not right. We missed it. Wrong directions. You should have read the instructions. should have asked for help. And we're confronted with, 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 with the pride and the ego that we have. And I've had many opportunities since I've been a Christian to, to eat humble pie. I've had many opportunities, and, and I, I, I tend to, now I tend to thank God for it and embrace it when it comes. So I've had it as a, as a worship leader, as a musician. Uh, one time I was leading worship, and guitar strings, one guitar string broke. I'm trying to lead again. Another guitar string broke. And I was just, just kind of just trying to lead in my own strength. 
And in that moment, I remember just getting on my knees and just, just saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do my thing for you, and you're inviting me to just come in and commune with you. Right? Um, <clears throat> there's been times in relationships, many times in relationships, where I've had to just say, I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking about you and your needs and, and what's going on in your life. Um, with my children, I've had many opportunities to humble myself as dad, as the leader of the home, um, when maybe I wasn't as gracious and as kind uh, as I should. My, my son is smiling at me. He's like, come on, Dad. Confess it, Dad. Tell them everything. Uh, and, and, and asking my children for forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Daddy was wrong in the way that he said this or that. Um, you know, that's a way to, to eat humble pie. That's a way to humble ourselves, to admit, I was wrong. And when we know the grace of Jesus, when we know that we will be met with grace, when we uncover our weaknesses, our sins, our failure, it frees us up to live in this humility. When we know that, that we've blown it, but Jesus is the ultimate example of righteousness. He is our righteousness. He's the ultimate example of humility. And he teaches us the path of humility. Okay? Humility says, God, I need you. Humility says to other relationships, I need you. I need your gifts. Uh, and you encouraging and speaking into my life and the gifts that you bring. Because I don't have all the gifts. And together we're the body of Christ. And we each bring our part. And we work together. Pride, pride is the John Wayne, uh, Robin Crusoe mentality. I got this, Lone Ranger. I can do this. I don't need anybody else. But humility says we need one another, and we need God. Lord, I need you. And so humil- uh, relationships just work much better. There's harmony. There's unity through humility. Proverbs tell us tells us that. Through pride comes contention. Through pride comes contention. So when we're in conflicts with other people and we're contentious and we have this this tension built up in us, it's always good to ask ourselves, are we walking in pride? Is Is there some humbling that needs to happen in my heart? Am I contributing to this tension in the relationship because of my pride and my unwillingness to yield my way? Okay, so the way of Jesus is the path of humility. Uh, there's other reasons why we should pursue humility. We see in the scriptures, God gives grace to the humble. God loves to give grace to the humble, those who posture themselves to receive his help. They do so by humbling themselves. God exalts the humble. Now, here, here's the option. We can, we can either humble ourselves and experience God resist us. Has anybody ever felt that? I feel like we need to have a testimony time of just times that we've walked in pride and we experienced God resisting us. When Times when we walked in pride and we fell. Times when we walked in pride and God just broke us because we thought we had it all together. God wanted us to see that we don't have it all together, and He helps us, He helps bring the wholeness and the healing that we need when we come to Him. 
Wouldn't that be good if we had a testimony Sunday on that? Let's just share our bloopers, our failures, and where God broke us and where God met us with his mercy and his grace. Kevin's like, yeah, you go for it. You lead in that, Pastor Keith. <laughs> um, and that's something I do want to lead in, in more. I, that's something I do want to be um, discreetly, uh, but, but in any way that I can help and share my own failures and my brokenness and how God met me with his grace to help any of us, I want to do that. Uh, because God's strength fits perfect in our weakness. And so it's, it's humility that embraces and acknowledges the limitations and the weaknesses that we do have, and, and we bring them in dependence to Jesus, because his grace is perfect. His strength fits perfect in our weakness. His grace is sufficient for us. But when we think we got it and we're self-sufficient, my way's better, my strength is enough, I got this. God will let us run out of gas. God will let us hit a brick wall. God will let us get frustrated and discouraged. He'll let us come to our end so that he can gently and humbly lift us up. He'll break us down so that he can build us up. Now, it's, it's much better if we comply with him, cooperate with the Spirit, and we humble ourselves. God exalts the humble. That's another reason for us to humble ourselves, to choose the path of humility. Because when we exalt ourselves, and we try to put ourselves at the top, we try to take the first seat, the prominent seat, we try to get the attention, we try to make it all about us in the relationships, and in the workplace, and in the neighborhood, rather than all about Jesus, because He's the only one worthy of all exaltation, all glory, all praise, and all honor, right? And if we don't humble ourselves before Him, the true King of glory, then we will get humbled. Because there's not place. There's not place for us to be in that exalted place that He's in. There's only one King of glory, and we're not Him. Okay? And so one of the things I love about Paul's life, by the way, is Paul was willing to be seen as a fool. He was willing to be seen as the scum of the earth. Fools for Christ, he said. Paul was willing to be enchained and imprisoned and, and, and put in places where he's vulnerable and just in need of handouts from, from the church to make it to continue to mission. Or he, he allowed himself to be subjected to so much for the gospel's sake. And here's why. Here's why I think he, he could endure that. Because he knew it wasn't about him. It was all about Jesus. So in Philippians chapter 1, he said, Whether I live or whether I die, Christ is going to be magnified in my body. Either by life or by death. It wasn't about him. So if he blew it and he messed up, he can laugh at himself. You and I can laugh at ourselves in our own weakness and failures. We can, we can laugh at ourselves rather than take ourselves so seriously as if we've achieved and obtained perfection or some standard of strength that we don't need God and we don't need others. We can laugh at our failures and our weaknesses because God meets us with his grace and his kindness and he exalts the humble. He loves to lift up the humble. That's just how his kingdom works. He says the first will be last. 
The humble will be exalted. The proud will be brought down. If you want to live, then die. If you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. These are kingdom principles, kingdom dynamics. This is the way of Jesus. The way up is the way down. If you want to be exalted, go low. If you want to be great, be the servant of all. That's true greatness. Because God sees that. And lastly, um, there's freedom and rest in taking the way of humility. There's freedom and rest in taking the way of humility. We try, we, when we try to impress people and try to be somebody that we're not and put on a facade and try to just put our best foot forward and show our strong side rather than our weak side, it wears us out. Because you can only do that so long before people see who you really are. Somebody who's weak and in need of grace, just like everyone else. You're human. You're a a sinner in need of a Savior. And if you're a Christian, you're a child of God. And you have grace. And you have the, 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 the resources you need to be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. And we must depend upon His grace. Jesus said in John 15, He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Do we really believe that? I mean, do we really live like that's true? Apart from me, you can do nothing. I think if we really believed that, we would probably pray more. We'd probably ask for God's help more. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. I think we don't truly believe that in our hearts. Because we try to do something and then it doesn't work and we get frustrated. We come to the end of ourselves and then we say, God, would you help us? Would you help me? This is hard, right? And he's trying to teach us. You, you, know, you could have asked me over here. It would have went a lot smoother if you would have invited me in. And so prayer is one of the ways that we can grow in humility. Um, but there's this rest and this freedom that comes with taking the path of humility. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and and burdened. You're you're worn out by religion. You're worn out about trying to make it happen in your own strength. Trying to do this thing just by pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Jesus says, I'll give you rest for your soul. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Just meditate on that. There's a place of rest. And freedom in taking the way of humility, learning from the one who's gentle and lowly in heart, humble in heart. The Bible tells us to associate with these kind of people, by the way. Don't associate with the proud and the lofty, those who think that they're so important. But associate with the humble. Hang out with people that are humble. Um, David in Psalm 131, he said, Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes lofty, lofty, nor do I concern myself with matters too great for me. Surely I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child is within me. Hope in the Lord, Israel, from this time forth and forevermore. David says, I'm not proud, I'm not lofty. And I've just kind of I've come like a little child, just quieting my soul before you. I'm not going to worry about those things that are too great for me to do anything about. 
even to understand. But I'm going to just leave it in your hand. I'm going to just come like a little child. The, the humility of dependence upon God. And that's the way of Jesus. This is the way that relationships flourish. This is the way Jesus lived. This is what God demands for us to walk in. This is the posture that we must have so we can experience more grace. This is the posture we must have so that we can be lifted up instead of brought low because of our pride and our ego, deflated egos. There's freedom and rest in taking away of humility. We don't have to impress anybody. We're seen by God and accepted by God. And that frees us up. Frees us up from trying to keep up with the Joneses. Trying to be uh, match up with everyone else. Pride compares and competes with others. But humility embraces contentment with the simplicity of what God has given to us. And so how can we grow in this church? How can we grow as people who are truly humble, following the way of Jesus? The first is behold the glory of God. Behold the glory of God. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah saw the Lord lifted up. He got a vision of God. He got a glimpse of how great and amazing God is. And it humbled him. He was humbled when he saw how great God is. I mean, if you ever go to a a wonderful mountain range or the Grand Canyon or an amazing ocean and mountains together and you just you see the majesty of God's creation or the stars and the planets, you see the, the greatness and the vastness of the galaxy. When you really reflect on it, doesn't it tend to make you and I feel kind of small? Wow, this is huge. David said, when he considered all this, the greatness and the vastness of God's creation in Psalm 8, he said, what is man that you're mindful of him? Like, you've you've created all this, and and you're thinking about us, God. You're, You're thinking about us. That should free us up to think about God and free us up to think about others, knowing that God's thinking about us. And his thoughts for us are numerous. Isaiah beheld the glory of God. Even in this passage of Philippians 2, we see not only the humiliation of Jesus, the humility of Jesus in in the incarnation and becoming a, a, a human being and then being obedient to the point of death and death on the cross. We see the humility of Jesus going to the abyss of death to the grave for three days. We see the humility of Jesus coming from the highest of high Going down to the lowest of low. He descended. But he didn't stay there because God the Father raised him up. He was raised from the dead. He's been exalted. He has the name above every name. And every knee will bow before him. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day. When everyone will humble themselves before God. Every knee will bow. Every proud and rebellious king and leader and self-sufficient, deceived person will come to a point when they kneel before King Jesus. 
And you and I, saints, are those who have had our eyes open to see the beauty and the glory of who God is. And we have bowed our knees and surrendered our hearts prior to his return. We've done so willingly. There's an old worship song, Come Now at the Time of Worship, that I used to jam a lot. And the chorus goes, One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. When we get a glimpse of His glory, it humbles us. When we get a glimpse of of how great He is, how powerful He is, how wise, how loving, how kind, how patient, how gracious He is, it humbles us and it frees us up to put ourselves aside and quit taking ourselves so seriously and take Him seriously and enjoy Him, delight in him. Andrew Murray says, Humility is nothing but the disappearance of self and the vision of all that God is. Humility is nothing but the disappearance of self and the vision of all that God is. Remember John the Baptist? When Jesus' ministry started to take off and his ministry as the prophet, the forerunner, preparing the way for the Lord, started to diminish and go down. By God's design, John was doing his part. And and you know what John's response to that was? It was a humble response. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. That's one of the most powerful statements of humility in the scriptures. He must increase and I must decrease. I love the illustration of the moon, the sun and the moon. We are like the moon that reflects the sun. The source, the light, right? Jesus is the source of light. He's glorious. He's wonderful. He's amazing. We're not the sun. We're not the source. We're like the moon that reflects the sun. His glory, His face shines on us. His beauty is seen in us and on us. His love is seen in us. And we humbly accept that place in the universe. Being reflectors of his image, as he designed us to be. Reflectors of the glory of his image. We can grow in humility by recognizing the sinfulness of mankind, and particularly our own sinfulness. Isaiah, when he saw the the glory of the Lord, saw God lifted up high and lifted up, he said, Woe is me, for I'm undone. 
I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among people with unclean lips. He was convicted as he saw the holiness and the glory of God. He was convicted of his lack of holiness. and his, He was convicted of falling short of the glory of God. Giving God the glory that he's due. Reflecting the glory of God that he was designed to. And so when we acknowledge our sinfulness, we recognize how needy we are, weak and broken and sinful we are. Like Paul, the Apostle Paul, if the Apostle Paul can say, I'm the chief of sinners, the worst of sinners, then you, you and I can at least say we're sinners. <laughs> at least acknowledge that in need of a Savior. Now, we're not just sinners, we're saints. By God's grace, we've been made saints. And, and it's God's grace that met these sinners and brought restoration and salvation to us. Amen. And lastly, reflect on the grace that you need and that you find in Christ. Reflect on the, the grace. You, are so, you and I are so needy of grace. Because our sins are great. Our failures and our weaknesses are great. And we need pardon and we need power. We need forgiveness and we need freedom. And we need acceptance. And all that comes through the grace of God. We position ourselves in humility to receive it. In faith and dependence. Saying, God, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Kevin, would you come up and lead us in that? Or if you have another one. And I just want to say this morning, I'm not preaching this because I think I've mastered this. <laughs> and I'm preaching this, one, because I see that God values this. It's the heart of Jesus. And I see how much we all need this. Because we live in a culture that is permeated by narcissism, pride, and arrogance, and independence. We live in a country that sees itself. In, in many ways, God has blessed us, but we, we tend to have this emphasis on independence. We got this. Our freedom. Our independence. We're strong. And I'm thankful for the country we live in, but we must humble ourselves before the Almighty because we need Him. Because we didn't get to where we got as a country without Him. We need Him. We need His mercy, and we need His grace. And if we don't humble ourselves before God, He will humble us. But He says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways, He says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7.14 And so may we be those who do that very thing. Humble ourselves and pray. Seek His face and turn from our wicked ways. May we imitate Jesus 
Treasure Jesus. May we value and pursue humility as something that God sees as honorable. May it be honorable and a value in our lives as well. God, help us in this. We need your help. We need our minds renewed from the ways of this world. The ways that so many businesses work and organizations work and even churches work. Deliver us from trying to make a name for ourselves. Deliver us from exalting ourselves. Teach us the path of humility. May you raise us up 